0: a favor a podcast where you can gratify yourself off of my biased list of dope music and yes the list is biased, and the music is dope so I'm gonna let you in on a little secret when I first started this podcast I had this grand idea of how I was going to release my first couple of episodes and have them really focus on songs that artists created to show appreciation for music However, unfortunately, America decided to be great again. And I say that with all sarcastic being in my body. Um, And we've been seeing and witnessing a lot of black lives ending at the hands of murdering cops and racist ignorant idiots. So I decided to just change that theme out and go with a song that really describes what black lives are doing right now. And what we're doing right now is we're literally fighting the power. Whether you're protesting, you're rallying, you're raising money or donating, volunteering are the best way to fight the power if you're voting. This is a song that should be the soundtrack to all of those movements. So as you may have guessed, today's episode is brought to you by the letter P. And that is for public enemy, and of course, fighting the power. So in the beginning of this song, you can hear a snippet of a speech that's going on. My whole time, when I, whenever I heard this song, I always thought that this was a snippet from like a Black Panther rally. But I was way off and way wrong. This was actually from a speech about the Vietnam War. This speech was done by civil rights attorney Thomas TNT Todd, and he was speaking about how the soldiers were not wanting to fight in this war. And I quote what he stated in the beginning of the song, yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped, best prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight. Now where he got that switch than fight from was back then there was a very popular cigarette called Tarentine Cigarettes. And they had a slogan that said, U.S. Tarantine smokers would rather fight than switch. Meaning they would rather fight than switch cigarette brands because Tarantine Cigarettes apparently were the bomb. So what Thomas Todd did was basically flip that and say that, well no, Vietnam soldiers are soldiers in the military would rather Switch, then fight. And that was what was going on. A lot of the soldiers were going AWOL. They were like, "Uh, screw this, uh, goodbye. Not fighting in this war. And they were just absent without leave. So Public Enemy took that part of the speech and flipped it again. And basically said, if you're black in America and you don't wanna be committed to fighting racial injustice, then switch sides. We don't need you over here. And then the production team, Bomb Squad, drops this beat. That beat is so invigorating, isn't it? Isn't it? It just gives me so much energy. This song came off of Public Enemy's third studio album called Fear of a Black Planet. You hear that? Fear of a Black Planet? Hmm, get into it. It was released June 1989, and it was written by Chuck D, Eric Sadler, Keith Shockley, and again produced by Bomb Squad. Now my whole life, not my whole life, but the majority of my life, I thought that Spike Lee was like, oh, I heard that you know Public Enemy has some good music trying to use this song on my new movie, Do the Right Thing. And if you haven't watched Do the Right Thing, do yourself a favor and go watch Do the Right Thing. Like, if at any moment you need to find something that is really relevant to the times, it's right now. It's a very good movie, very entertaining movie. Spike Lee is a great director, probably one of the best. And, It has Martin Lawrence in it. Again, I think this is is my second episode and my second time mentioning Martin Lawrence. Clearly, I obviously have a thing for him. I think he is um, a comedic genius. But anyway, I always thought that this song was just picked to be in the movie, and I was wrong. Spike Lee actually approached Public Enemy and asked them to create a song for his upcoming film, Do The Right Thing. And what he specifically asked for was he wanted a song that was defiant, he wanted it to be angry, he wanted it to be very rhythmic. And Chuck D was like, yeah, cool, I could do that, you know, just give me a little bit of time. And he dug in his mind about where he was gonna find some inspiration from, and his inspiration came from a very unlikely place, in my opinion. He was actually inspired by the Isley Brothers. The Isley Brothers has uh, the original Fight the Power song and it's called Fight the Power. Now, I was shocked. I always looked at uh, the Isley Brothers as, you know, making baby-making, slow type of music, you know, like between the sheets and then they had the, the funky stuff like Summer Breeze and you know, love songs like Say It Again, but I never knew they had like political fight songs and I don't know everything. Again, I'm not a music expert. I just play one on a podcast. So I went and looked into the song and the song really is about fighting the power. It's a little less aggressive than Public Enemies, of course. It's a little bit more funky. But it's the same message, just just a different fight. Go ahead and listen to it. I'm a shooter waste There's no guarantee Smilers in the making We gotta fight the powers that be funky that makes me want to be at Studio 54 fighting the power with a long fur on some hot pants and maybe some sequins cuz that's what I just figure I would wear in studio 54 but don't judge me judge yourself and make sure you do yourself a favor and go listen to fight the power by the Isley brothers so while Chuck D was getting his inspiration on the members of the bomb squad were coming up with the beat And did you know that Fight The Power has 17 samples in the first 10 seconds of Fight The Power? The first one being the longest one, being the speech that we went over a few minutes ago. But, all right, after that, 16 samples. 16 samples within the first 10 seconds of the song. What they stated was, when they were creating this beat, they wanted it to be dizzying, exhilarating, and tantalizing. They wanted the beat to be where one could not take it in all at once. And in my opinion, they were really successful at doing that. I know when I hear this song, sometimes I get really busy and distracted uh, trying to dissect all the sounds I hear because I can hear each of those samples. And some of the samples that they made Are some of the samples that they chose to put in the song were Pump Me Up from Trouble Funk, What You See Is What You Get by The Dramatics, Hot Pants and Funky Drummer by James Brown, Clyde Stubblefield's Drum Break, I Know You Got Soul, Planet Rock, and of course, Teddy's Jam by the one and only rump shaker, Teddy Riley. When asked about the sample usage in the song, Chuck D explained, And I quote, our music is all about samples. Fight the Power is a complex and subtle testament to the influence and possibilities of sound recording. But at the same time, it reveals how the aesthetic, cultural, and political priorities of musicians shape how the technology is understood and used. A look at Public Enemy's use of looping and performative quotation in Fight the Power illuminates the mutual influences between musician and machine. So it's safe to say that Chuck D don't have no qualms about using samples, and I'm glad he doesn't, because if he did, we wouldn't have such a radical beat to fight the power to. So we got the beat while we were waiting for Chuck D, Eric Sadler, and Keith Shockley to get the lyrics together for this song. Let's get into some of those lyrics, some of the most infamous iconic lyrics from this song got to give us what we need hey our freedom of speech is freedom of death. we got the fight the power that be the power fight the power fight the power so freedom of speech let's get into it Per the US Supreme Court of the United States, the US Constitution protects free speech while allowing for limitation on certain categories of speech, because you really can't be out here, or you're really not supposed to be out here talking all willy-nilly. So what are some of the limitations? Some are true threats, speech that violates intellectual property law, and speech that incites imminent lawless action, meaning the speaker is intending to incite a violence or a violation of the law which would more than likely happen due to that speech. Now we've all witnessed public figures push the limitations of freedom of speech to the point where someone could be giving a very racially charged speech, possibly inciting a race war, and I could retaliate by calling that person racist. I would probably be held more accountable for calling that person racist than the person who is saying the racially charged speech. Unfortunately, it's like that. And unfortunately for black people, we have to really be careful about how we have these type of freedom of speech speeches. We have a history of people such as Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr. and Medgar Evers, and even some of our Black Lives Matter activists who speak so passionately and eloquently about the racial injustice that we face in the black community only to be found murdered or dead. That is why Chuck D stated, our freedom of speech is a freedom of death. We definitely need to fight the powers that be. Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant to me It's he straight out racist. The sucker was simple and plain. Motherf- in, John Wayne. Cause I'm black and I'm proud. Already, I'm, right. I'm hyped, cause I'm amped. Most of my heroes don't appear in no stamp. Sample, look at you looking fine nothing but rednecks for 400 years. If you check, don't worry, the app was a number one jam. My friend, you can slap me right, right here, here. Get it. Let's get this party started right. Right on. Come on. What we got to say? Yeah. This is my favorite verse in this song. It's like Chuck D went on a lyrical rampage, tearing down everyone and anything that didn't go along with his fight the power movement. First off the bench to get the business was Elvis and John Wayne. Per the article from Rolling Stone, when asked what inspired that line about Elvis and John Wayne, Chuck D basically said there was a comedian back then called Blowfly and he had a record called Blowfly's Rap back in 1980 and there was a line in there where one of the characters in the song was a grand wizard of the KKK and basically the lyrics said, quote, well I don't care who you are, motherfuck you and Muhammad Ali, end quote. So Chuck D took that line and flipped it and was like, oh you are gonna come after one of our icons, well how about I go after two of America's greatest icons? And he said he really didn't have anything against Elvis. It wasn't that he wasn't a talented guy, but every time somebody talked about Elvis, it was like, oh, he's the pioneer of rock and roll and he's the king. When in actuality, the kings and the pioneers of rock and roll were Chuck Berry and Little Richard. They were the originators, not the imitators. And as far as John Wayne, he really didn't care for John Wayne like that. He was like, John Wayne is Mr. Kill All the Indians and everybody else who's not full-blooded American. So if you're not going to acknowledge the original pioneers of rock and roll, and if you're also going to applaud the man who wants to get rid of the original people in this country, then I'm going to lyrically assassinate their iconic status. Another one of my favorite lines is, most of my heroes don't appear on those stamps. Now, I always thought that this was like a literal thing that he was talking about U.S. postal stamps. The first black man didn't appear on the U.S. postal stamp until 1940, and that was Booker T. Washington. At this time, this song was made, it was made in 1989. And we really didn't have the Black Heritage stamp collection start, or the stamp campaign start until 1978. So that was 11 years prior to this song being released. So I was thinking like, well, you know, it's only been 11 years, maybe we didn't really release that many stamps with a lot of black people in that little 11 year time span. So maybe that's what he's talking about because we didn't really have a lot of black people on stamps. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Chuck D in the Rolling Stone article basically said him and Spike Lee had a discussion about a scene in the movie Do the Right Thing. And it's an iconic scene. If you've seen the movie, you remember where there was a discussion at Sal's Pizzeria, which was owned by an Italian man. And on his wall, he had no black people on the wall. He had a wall of heroes, a wall of famous people, and none of the people were black. Well, Chuck D was basically saying most of my heroes don't appear on no stamps, meaning we got heroes and we can put them on walls too. It was that plain and simple. Another lyric in this verse that stood out was, Don't worry, be happy was a number one jam. Damn if I said you can slap me right here. And a lot of people were like, dang, Chuck D, what's wrong with the song Don't Worry, Be Happy? There was a song out back in 1988 by Bobby McFerrin called Don't Worry, Be Happy. And that's basically the whole song is the title, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And the video had a nice little cameo of Robin Williams. So people were like, well, what's the problem with the song, Chuck D? And Chuck was like, Don't Worry, Be Happy doesn't apply if you protesting. If I say Don't Worry, Be Happy, slap me. Slap me right here. Now, let me just say this to Bobby. I don't want you to think that we don't like your song. It's a good song. You're trying to come from a place of positivity, of optimism, but when you're protesting back in 1989 and then you fast forward and it's 2020, you don't want to hear somebody tell you, don't worry, be happy because I'm worried. That's why I'm protesting. I have hope that this protest will make things better, but I'm worried and happy people don't protest. When asked what was the goal when you were putting together the music for the track, Shockley stated, I wanted you to feel concrete, the people walking by, the cars that are going by, and the room in the system. I wanted the city. I wanted the grittiness, the mugginess, the hot, sticky, no air vibration of the city. I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like he's describing a protest rather than a song. And this is exactly why I think this song is the perfect movement music for what we're going through right now in this country and all the protests and Black Lives Matter rallies that are going on. This song within itself is a black movement and it's basically telling us to stand up and demand that the systems and the powers that be don't roll over us. So however you choose to fight the powers that be, again, whether it's protesting, rallying, donating money, and please be sure to research the places that you're donating your money to before you donate. If you're signing petitions, and if you're volunteering and voting, use this song as a soundtrack. It's gonna get you amped, it's gonna get you hyped, it's gonna get you ready to fight the power i know this week's episode may be a little bit heavier than last week's but i just wanted to make sure that you all knew that i wasn't tone deaf to what was going on in my surroundings i hope you were entertained and i also hope that you learned something i want to make sure that you remember to do yourself a favor and add this song fight the power by public enemy to your playlist as well as do yourself a favor and if you haven't seen it or even if you have watch do the right thing by spike lee as well as listen to the original Fight the Power by the Osley Brothers, and add that to your playlist as well. You know I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna hold you accountable. If you want any more content, you can head on over to Do Yourself a Favor podcast on Instagram. Be sure to like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes to the Do Yourself a Favor podcast. And I hope to see you or hear you or whatever you for the next episode. And remember, I'm not a music expert. I just play one on a podcast.